on Triple M Mining HQ. Hello and welcome to Mining HQ. I'm Pablo Miller. Coming up today, Chris Lesia. He's going to be sitting down with Chris Campbell-Hicks from Sedgman. Now, Chris is the principal consultant and has been for many countries as well. We're going to hear about his overseas experience and his primary role at Sedgman. So let's get into it. Good morning, Chris. Hey, Pablo. Good morning to you. Well, last week we had the uh, RIU Resurgence Conference and uh, the people you meet when you're having a coffee or you're around that area. I met uh, Chris Campbell-Hicks and good morning, Chris. Good morning. Great to have you on the phone. Now, you told me so much and I thought, boy, I'd like to be recording this. You're a a principal consultant uh, for Sedgman. How many years has that been with the company? I've been with them about four years. Uh, prior to that, I was with uh, Coffee Mining, but uh, a large portion of my career has been independent consulting. Um, and uh, obviously, I've spent quite a bit of time working overseas in more than 15 different countries in the past. So I've had a lot of offshore experience as well. Well, this morning, we're certainly going to touch on some of those experiences and countries that you were telling me about. Quite fascinating. So being at that um, RIU Resurgence Conference, your thoughts of that, you know, companies getting ready for production? What was the main interest? I think uh, there's a lot of excitement in the battery space, the battery metal space, and uh, I can quite understand that with the emergence of the green technology and the green technology movement. Uh, obviously, the passion for the battery metals is very strong. That's not to say that gold is not important. It will always remain so, particularly in times of political uncertainty internationally, as is the case at the moment, and people will go to the safe haven. But the battery metals, that's all of them. That's lithium, that's cobalt, nickel, copper, silver, lead, zinc. They're all battery metals, and uh, they are very strong at the moment, and they'll continue to be into the foreseeable future, as I see it. And with your role at Sedgman, can you give us a bit of a snapshot on how that works? Yeah, um, I, at the RIU conference is a good example. Uh, there's a lot of uh, junior emerging players there that are getting to the uh, point where they wish to conduct test work programs. They've done some drilling. They're coming up with a JORC compliant resource. The next step is to do a test work program to find out how amenable that particular mineral they're chasing is to extraction. Um, and this is a wonderful opportunity to go in and, and engage with these people at the very early stage and uh, basically, I guess you could say, hold their hand and, and help guide them through that process, through uh, the test work programs into uh, conceptual studies, uh, pre-feasibility study, feasibility study, etc., and through ultimately, obviously, to uh, EPC and EPCM. That's the you know, construction build and commission the uh, processing facility. So, Chris, are you assisting other companies? I was looking on uh, LinkedIn and it said uh, you're a director at Mount Burgess Mining. I was. I stepped off the board there um, last year. Uh, I was a founding director of another company called Mineral Process Control, where uh, my now deceased, unfortunately, partner and I developed the cyanide leach accelerator called Leachwell, uh, which was mainly David. He was the IQ 200 genius. Um, I was the man that that commercialised it or helped commercialise that. Um, But I'm no longer on the board of Mount Burgess, so I stepped off the board last year. Um, I don't know how many countries you've been to, but do do you want to start with some of the interesting ones and what went on? Well, I guess one of the more interesting ones was uh, before the, um, the the problem started in Russia, more recent trouble in Russia and the Ukraine. Uh, I had nearly four years in Russia, two years of which was in Siberia uh, with Barrack Gold. 
Um, that was absolutely fascinating. Um, you, not too many people get to experience what it's like to actually work at minus 60 degrees Celsius, um, which is what happened there. I left Perth. It was plus 38. Five days later, I was in Yakutia at minus 58, Yakutia being the uh, coldest uh, place on Earth outside of Antarctica. So that was that was quite an experience. Chris, you said you met your partner in Russia as well. That's a bonus. Oh, yes, I did. I did. She was the chief of the largest mineral testing laboratory in Moscow. Um, but I stole her away from there and sent her over to work under a Dr. Chris Fleming at SGS Lakefield in Canada, in Ontario. Um, uh, Chris is a real legend in the industry, one of the founders of the CIP, CIL technology. He and Nicole going way back 50 years or more ago. Um, she worked under him for a while and then I eventually brought her back to Australia. Now, you were saying that um, the country is so diverse. You've spoken about the conditions, the minus – what was it, minus – minus, minus 58 was oh. the coldest experience I, I, I mentioned. Uh, yeah. That, that's absurd. Now, did you learn anything from these people, mining-wise, or did they learn from you? Absolutely. I learned a heap from them. People underestimate Russian technology. People often think that the only reason the Russians put up the first satellite was because they stole all the German scientists after World War II. Uh, that's not true. Russia put the first man into space and the first satellite up using Russian technology. America got most of those scientists. They, uh, What I learned was how to manage uh, operations in very, very cold climate conditions. Uh, as you had in Siberia, and that's that's can be quite a challenge. Um, you know, the vehicles, for instance, at night, all the sheds, they had blankets on all the walls, and they used to have exhaust pipes poking out through the roof from the exhaust to the vehicles and sometimes just keep the motors running all night. They just didn't turn them off. When you've got the equipment and everything outside, your oil will freeze, and so you have to turn on oil heaters a good 8 to 12 hours before you attempt to roll machines. It's they're, uh, You learn a lot from them in terms of um, – how to manage uh, in extreme cold uh, climatic conditions. But regard to what I could contribute, there was some, certainly some ideas uh, that we have from the West that were very uh, – they embraced over there. They were very pleased to have the input from, uh, from uh, people such as myself. Now, where else? A little bit of time left. Another country you'd like to choose and what occurred there? Uh, well, probably PNG. That can be pretty tricky. Um, the uh, I was up at Tolakuma Gold Mine in PNG and uh, got slashed open with a bush knife. Um, yeah. And the guy that uh, helped me uh, down to the helipad was the guy that actually cut me. He, he thought I was somebody else, made a mistake. Oh, that no. was uh, pretty hairy, yeah. Uh, but I survived that one and I went back uh, again uh, some uh, times, two or three times later. That man was always waiting for me on the concourse when I got there and he, would, he was my bodyguard for life because I didn't prosecute him, <laughs> um, which was a very interesting experience. Just a last question for you too, you know, going back to decades ago opposed to now and your role, the significant changes you've seen? Oh, look, the well, I, I mentioned the, uh, the change uh, to battery metals, but what I've seen, I think more than anything else, is the change in the way we've gone from strong unionised workforce to workplace agreement uh, and multi-skilling. Um, the the old trade unions, I think, definitely slowed down the industry for many years. I've seen that basically disappear. The trade unions are still there. They're performing a useful function, but they fully appreciate that the um, 
the, you know, the, the, the wealth is created and the jobs are created in the private sector, not in the public sector. And uh, they're generally very supportive of that these days. And the relationship between management and unions is much, much better than it was uh, 20, 30 years ago. Chris, we wish you all the best. Thanks for your time. Great having you on Mining HQ. No problem at all. Thank you, mate. Bye-bye. For the very latest mining news in WA, stream the Mining HQ podcast. Available now on the Listener app, L-I-S-T-N-R.